0: I was a little bit afraid this morning that when I looked back at the sound booth, everyone would be disappeared. But I can see all of them. It's just really tall. If I stand beside the new sound booth, it literally comes up to hear on me. <laughs> and I know my, my husband's back there, and I know what you're going to do. They've been playing games like canoeing across. They've been doing elevator. I can see it in your eyes. I can see you're planning something for later in the sermon. So just don't don't. This actually relates to my message, so I'm going to start it like this. I am so proud of the crew who did the work in the sanctuary and the fellowship hall. I'm so proud of them. Yay! I love my job and a lot for a lot of reasons. One of them is I get to just see so many people putting their hand to the plow and working together and seeing things done. Like, there, there's so many jobs that need to be done that aren't glamorous, that aren't you don't see, you don't even know it had to be done. And it, for those of you who are here on Wednesday night, the crew, so many of you guys showed up on Wednesday night to help clean. And uh, one guy walked in. If you had seen it on Wednesday, you would, uh, the comment was, so we're going to be having service here on Sunday? <laughs> it was just, it was. we didn't even have lights on in here until Tuesday afternoon. And so to watch that happen... Uh, was amazing. The crew who was here last night, a few of us, uh, very late, very late, <laughs> getting the sound system hooked back up. Uh, I am so grateful. Like I'm so proud of the work you did and how you persevered and how things went wrong and we just found a way through. I'm so proud of it. And mostly, Honestly, mostly I'm just really proud of like my brother in Christ and also kind of brother from another mother, Matt Jameson, who project managed this thing for us for the last six months. You guys don't even understand how much work he did and at what personal cost. He was here every day for weeks. Um, he built that sound booth. It's not finished yet. Don't don't get on him about some of the, oh, it's we're almost done. We're almost done. Um, and project managed every little bit of it. And so if you see Matt, I don't know what Matt's love language is. I, maybe it's physical touch. Give him a hug. Like give him, is that right? Is that your love language? Okay, perfect, okay. I was gonna say give him some words of affirmation, but that would probably be worse. Just go up and hug him and be like, thanks for serving, Matt. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just so proud, I, I, like this like almost, I don't know, it's weird, it's not up to me to be proud of you, but I'm just so proud of the work you did. I just was so, it was so remarkable. Thank you, Matthew. Matthew David Jameson. If you're new to our church, you don't know this, but Matt, uh, Pastor Aaron and I have been friends since we were in grade one, and uh, we went to college together and stuff, and Matt showed up in our lives one day, 22-ish years ago, and he just never left. Like, that's how long I've known. (laughs) That's the story. So um, this was a real joy to work on this project with you, Matt. I'm proud of a lot of other things in my life, too. Uh, I'm, I'm unreasonably proud of my kids. Does anybody else feel that way? My kids are remarkable. I don't know if they're all in the room. I hope they are so I can embarrass them. We, we've had a bunch of teenagers in our house for the past seven years or so. Uh, my youngest just turned 18, so now we have, what did Chris say? We have children but no kids left anymore. Uh, we had a, a teenagers stacked together for years. And, um, yeah, there's ups and downs, uh, that, the things that you'd expect in those years. But, and also in those teenage years for our kids, if you have kids around the same age as mine, we also had a global pandemic throughout most of their high school career. And watching them navigate that, I just think my kids are delightful and interesting and beautifully unique and capable, and I just love them, and I'm super proud of every single thing that they do. Like, that's just how I feel. You might have a similar thing you might want to say if you have kids, if you do have kids. And I doubt that if you hear me say this this morning about my kids or about anything else that I might be proud of, you don't, you're not offended by that, right? You know, like, how dare you say that nice thing about your children? Because you probably feel that way, even if it's not your own kids, you, you feel that way about someone else in your life. I forgot to ask Pastor Aaron if I could tell this story. Hmm. I'll go for it. Now, yeah, she's like, she's an open book. She doesn't care. I'll, I'll just, I'll make it really super PG this morning, but I... Um, when when Greta was born, when Greta, when Greta, who's her her second born, when Greta was born, Erin had a real like she she's she's pretty stubborn if you don't know her, um, and she really wanted to do it like a natural birth with like no drugs or anything like that, and uh, she didn't have to this like she didn't have to she knew that, but that was just something that she wanted, and when Greta was born, I was like one of the first people in the hospital room afterwards. I was just like I had a, her first Greta's first Barbie. Auntie Tracy comes, is like. I know you're like five minutes old. Here's a Barbie doll, whatever. Um, and I ran into the room and I was like looking at Erin and she's sitting there with her new baby who she had just given birth to with no drugs. And I was like, I am so proud of you. I cannot believe you just did that. That's Women are amazing. Like I just don't even know how women do. This is incredible this is incredible. You're amazing. You're my hero. And of course, her response to me was, that was the dumbest thing I ever did in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she got over, she did it again with Charlotte, so she got over it. But I was like, I just thought, I remember, I literally remember walking to that hospital room and seeing her with her newborn daughter and just being like, I am, I I am so proud of you. Like, you are amazing. You did an, you're amazing. Just in so many ways, I'm sure you've had moments like that in your life too, just different reasons for different circumstances. In so many ways, pride is just a part of the palette of our human emotions. It can be defined as like uh, that deep sense of pleasure or satisfaction or being conscious of your own dignity as a human. But you know as well as I do that being proud of your kids or being proud of your friend being proud of Matt Jameson. <laughs> you guys are just really in the spotlight today. This <laughs> Jameson family here. Uh, it isn't usually what we mean, that kind of pride, isn't usually what we mean when we talk about someone having pride, right? It can be something very different depending on its circumstance because pride has a really beautiful and positive and affirming face to it when it's directed outward at someone else but it has an underbelly that we're probably all very familiar with that is a real problem for us and constantly pulls us inward to ourselves. Yes, I see that dimming light, Matt. We're not nervous. The Lord is protecting us from all these things. I've been thinking a lot about this issue of pride since uh, we, we were in Proverbs 13 with our Bible in a year plan. And um, I mentioned this, this scripture a couple weeks ago but I, it really, like, verse 10 in Proverbs 13 just jumped off the page at me. And I think that's kind of, that's actually saying something. Because if you're like me and you read Proverbs, Proverbs is so densely packed, like each phrase on its own, that sometimes it's, it's hard to really slow down and absorb what it's telling you. And so this Proverbs 13.10 jumps off the page. It says this, where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. And I'm going to mix it up a little bit with the King James version of this, which says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Where there is strife, there is pride. The antidote being to listen to wise advice. It got me thinking about all of the strife in my life. All of the different places, a strife isn't a word we use all the time, but I hopefully you understand what it means. Any any point of contention in my life, anything that's difficult, anything where there any place where there's a problem. According to Proverbs 13:10, all of it is rooted in pride. Now, when it comes to the book of Proverbs, we're not talking about the prophetic promises of God. We're not talking about the Mosaic laws. We're talking about wisdom literature. It, that's, that's the type of a writing that this is. We're talking about Proverbs being principles to follow that lead you down a God-honoring path. They lead uh, to a life of blessing. These but Proverbs are not transactional. They're transformational. Okay, so you have to understand it's not if, they're not kind of if-then statements. However, uh, they're pointing you in the direction that's going to lead to living your life under the blessing of God. So I had to ask myself, is Proverbs 13.10, is it hyperbole? Like, is it exaggerating this statement to make a point, to grab my attention, that kind of thing? And perhaps that's true, but the more I thought about it, because like I said, it it really stuck with me. The more I thought about it, the more I think perhaps not not exaggerated kind of at all. Let me explain. Because pride can mean a lot of things, like we've already talked about. There are a lot of definitions of it. But unlike being proud of someone else, like we talked about earlier, this kind of pride is mostly described as an unrealistic inward focus, the way scripture is using it here. It's a high opinion of your own dignity importance, worth, or superiority. It's a sense of what is due to you or to your position for some reason in some way. It's an overblown attitude of confidence. It's often referred to in Scripture as an elevated view of yourself or your abilities or your possessions. The Hebrew word for pride here is used to mean someone who sees themselves as standing above others. It literally means height, in, in the original language. But here's the thing, as, as I'm thinking about this, and I try to set my own life up against these definitions, and I try to think about you guys and your lives, and try to think about what pride might look like according to these definitions, we will probably struggle, like you will as well as I did, struggle to see yourself in that. In our culture here in Canada, when someone is arrogant, it's not appreciated. <laughs> We value being down to earth, knowing our place, not making a big deal about ourselves. Especially in the church community, right? Because we know that that's not cool. We don't respect people who are egotistical or self-important. We don't think that, oh, wow, like look how amazing they are. They're really elevating themselves. The, the Canadian attitude towards that is not positive. When I run across somebody who has that kind of an arrogant attitude, I'm most likely to just roll my eyes and go on with my life than to think that there's something important in some way, right? I actually feel like what happens more often is I spend a lot of time, a lot of time, maybe because of my uh my role here in ministry, but I feel like I spend a lot of time with people convincing them of the opposite. You really are special. You really are created in the image of God. You really are fearfully and wonderfully made. You really are growing in grace. You're not perfect. It's okay, but you're growing in grace and, and the Lord is calling you and the Lord is using you. And yes you can do it and yes you can step out. You are seen by God. You are loved by God. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like this is the message. Not seriously Just take it down a notch with your pride. Like, that's typically right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I was, like, trying to figure this out. I spent a lot of time using those kinds of words with people. So does does that mean that Proverbs 13.10 is only for that rare person who walks around with too much ego and causes problems for others? Hence the strife. This is what I've been pondering on. And I keep coming back to what the Scripture says, which is, Where there is strife, there is pride. And I will tell you, friends, I don't care how humble you think you are or how lowly you see yourself, which is not, by the way, the same thing as humility. You probably all have strife. And so if this is true, we all have strife, therefore we are all battling in some way with pride. And how is this possible, though? When most of us in this room, I would put money on this, feel small, and we feel defeated, and we feel insecure. And we're going to talk about that in another message. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in the fall, about what it means to be secure in Christ, but we don't have time for that today. But I'm just, I want to just recognize the fact that that's where most of us are. We don't feel amazing and better than anyone else. James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18 gives us a really great insight into this, says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. You see the cross over here? But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. It's like James, it's like James read Proverbs 13, 10 and then wanted to unpack it a little bit. He's saying, listen, here wisdom is shown through humility, You want to know what what a wise life looks like? It looks like a humble person. And humility, then, is defined by purity and peace and consideration and submissiveness, mercy, impartiality, and sincerity. While pride, the opposite of humility, of course, is associated with disorder or strife. And it's defined by envy and selfish ambition and evil practices. If that's the definition of pride, I'd wager that we have all struggled with it. So how does pride show up in our lives? How is it causing us trouble? Well, pride, when you think about it, is really the ingredient in every argument that you had. You know the one you had on the way to church this morning? Pride involved in that argument. You're like, what, Pastor? We did not... We did not argue about getting the kids ready and in the car. No, that was just Rob and I when our kids were little. That was the only time that ever happened. Pride is an ingredient in every argument. It's not a a difference of opinion, but a, a clash of competing or unyielding personalities. Pride is what keeps you from listening to someone else with an open heart or responding to them with grace. Pride tells you that you are right and the other person is wrong. It doesn't leave any room to be able to really hear what is being said from the other person. Pride can't admit when it's wrong because it's afraid to lose power. It's terrified that if it admits that even 10% of the issue is its fault, somehow it will absolve the other person of their 90%, and it cannot let that happen, so it will hold on with all its might. Pride controls the narrative. It, it finds other voices to agree with itself and justify its point of view. Pride forms its comeback while the other person is still talking. <laughs> is that just me? Sometimes I do. Well, pride forms its comeback while the other person is still speaking, and it makes it nearly impossible to communicate in a healthy way. Pride drags every hurt and every burden from the past along with it and tangles up every conflict with feelings that don't actually relate to the moment. Pride runs away from confrontation and it buries issues deeply, as deeply as possible to avoid them having to be exposed for what they really are. And I'm pulling this definition really as just from my own reflections on this seven words in Proverbs 13. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. Why would I want to have strife instead of wise counsel? Why would I choose pride over humility? Like when you just set it up the way that Scripture says you think that makes complete sense. Why would I want to do that? Why would I, I allow pride to show up in all of these ways in my life? And why would my heart try to justify it? Why would I do that when it's so clear that it doesn't lead to anything but trouble for me? Perhaps, like was pointed out in the book, which was recommended to me by Pranilla. Thanks, Pranilla, for this one. Uh, there's, she's lent me a book called Altogether You. And I thought, I read it right when I was working on this message, and I thought maybe this is part of it because her take on this is that pride is actually trying to protect me. It's a protector in my life. It sets itself up in front between me and you in order to protect me from the discomfort of owning my own brokenness and my mistakes and my sinfulness and my need for grace. And pride stands there and protects me so that I don't have to admit that I'm afraid or that I'm really insecure and that I'm really concerned about what you think about me. And so pride stands in the way as my defender and my protector. But friends, that is not the transformed life that we have been given through Christ. That's not what that looks like. I don't need pride to be my defender. I have a defender. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. That's my old sinful nature who wants to protect and defend all of this brokenness in me. So I, I just put this shield of pride to protect me from that so I don't have to feel those things or deal with those things or submit those things to Christ. That's my old sinful nature. And we, if you remember from Colossians, we have taken off that sinful nature like, like old dirty clothes and we have put on a new nature. And this, that pride thing doesn't belong with my new nature. It belongs with my old nature. I have exchanged it for a new way of life. And so the question really becomes for us, If you can see yourself in this scenario, if you can read yourself in this definition of pride, the question is, what does then humility look like? If strife points out the presence of pride, like Proverbs 13.10 tells us, what points out the presence of humility? How do you know when you're walking humbly? Really simply, I would say this. It's the opposite of strife, which is peace. Peace with God, peace with others, peace with yourself. And this is where the scriptures point us. And uh, my experience, perhaps your, also your life experience, uh, has proved this out. When my relationship with God is off, when I am uh, not in a place of surrender and humility with God, When it's hard to pray or to focus, to care about others. When it's hard to worship, when it's hard to sense his presence or whatever else would define for you feeling disconnected from God. I am hard-pressed to think of a time when those things were true in my life and when that wasn't there was because uh, there was something that needed to be dealt with and I was refusing to deal with it. Every single time. It was a sin that I needed to confess. It was a broken heart that I was trying to distract myself from facing. It was a responsibility in a situation that I needed to take. And and even though I had been perhaps even wronged in that situation, I had to admit my own wrong and I wasn't willing to do it and I wasn't willing to go there and so, pride. When my spiritual life isn't at peace, I have to start with this prayer. Holy Spirit, I know this will be uncomfortable. I pray this a lot, actually. (laughs) I like to just admit it to myself. The Lord already knows. Holy Spirit, I know it will be uncomfortable, but I want you more than whatever I'm holding on to right now. I recognize that a life of peace is better than a life of strife, but I'm holding on pretty hard. Show me what I can't see or what I refuse to see and give me the strength and the courage to confess it, to trust you, to reconcile, to do whatever else I need to do. I need you to show me, and I need you to give me the strength to walk it out. Like you, I shouldn't assume this about you, but I also understand human nature like you do, but I absolutely care what people think about me. Don't you walk around here, I don't care how people think about me. Psh, yes, you do, because you just said it, the opposite, just to prove it. We all care. If you didn't care what people thought about you, you wouldn't have dressed yourself and showered and whatever and came to church. Like, you, we just, like, we understand what it is to, like, walk around in polite society. So I hope you are not bound up by what people think about you. But that's a, a fight that most of us have to fight for our whole lives. And we're winning because Jesus is our security. Jesus is our identity. We're going to talk about that later, Tracy. Later. But that's the truth. But the truth of the matter is, really, all of us really do, in some way, shape, or form, to varying degrees, we care what people think about us. But humbling myself before God has taught me something through these years. That the peace I have with God is more valuable to me than any opinion you might have of me. And the only way I know that is from walking it out, because it can be much more relevant to be nervous about what you think about me because you're right in front of my face than to worry about what God thinks about me. Well, I'll tell you, when I fix the thing between me and God, the thing that I'm so worried about in, in the world around me fades away. It's like maybe what that old chorus writer was writing when they said, when the things of this earth will pass away, you know, when you turn your eyes upon Jesus. I don't know why I'm not just singing it. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm so tired. We were here late last night, so maybe I just don't have my singing voice ready. But um, My fear of what people think is usually way overblown anyway. Most people aren't thinking anything about you, by the way. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about themselves, thinking about you, thinking about them. And nobody's thinking about anybody. Everyone's just trying to get through the day. Do you know what I'm saying? But i got to fix the thing between me and God, and I have peace there. And then what the world thinks about me becomes... So minimal. Proverbs 16, 18, you might have heard this one. Pride goes before, or in front of, or leads the way to destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. Pride leads the way, basically, to destruction, and a haughty spirit before you fall. But back to the book of James, it says, But he gives more grace. That's why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is how you know you're growing up in your faith. When you read that and think to yourself, I am so much more interested in God lifting me up than someone else. Than trying to gain the attention and the favor of other people, it is so much more important to me that God is the one who is lifting me up and sustaining me. When you are getting to this place in your life where you say, and your faith, where you say, I actually believe that's true and I'm going to pursue that, not perfectly probably, but I'm going to pursue that instead of what the world thinks about me, then you are in a place of growing up in your faith. I want to be lifted up by my Father in heaven. Because when that happens, everything else pales in comparison. And so battling with my pride, with that defender, and saying, I don't need you, thank you very much, I have Jesus, is worth the fight every time. I think you can likely see how being at peace with God like that will allow you to have peace with others. The Hebrew word for pride, like I said, uh, literally means height, but it has a second kind of sense to it. And the underneath sense of that word in Hebrew is a boiling up. You can probably picture that, a pot that is boiling up. And isn't that a perfect description of pride? It boils up when you hit a nerve or press a button in you somehow. It kind of, it, it just sort of comes at you. You're not really always ready for it. But the one who has humbled themselves before God, And is in right relationship with God, is able to recognize when their response is a response of the boiling up of pride in their life. So, what does it mean? What does more grace, God gives us more grace, what does more grace look like when this happens? When you feel pride boiling up in you, the more grace that you're receiving from the Lord because you're in right relationship with Him is maybe a simmering down. Maybe it's the lid on the pot. And you're able to catch that moment and say, I'm not going to respond out of pride. I'm going to respond out of humility. I'm going to receive that grace from the Lord. When you're in conflict with your spouse or your kids or your coworker or your friends or whoever, you are given the grace, Scripture says, to not only recognize what is boiling up in you, you can see then with clear discernment what is also boiling up in someone else. You can see, oh, if my pride was triggered, their pride was probably triggered, and it's an opportunity for you to come and submit everything to the Lord. Being at peace with God allows you to be at peace with others. All of this, of course, leads you to being at peace just in general with yourself. Because when you look inward, and you can humbly and gratefully accept who you were created to be, when you can acknowledge your broken, sinful, rebellious nature, and then receive from that place grace and forgiveness from jesus scripture says over and over again that you are a person who has received peace peace that passes what is this one all understanding you can give up your insecurity which is just another form of pride obsessing about yourself obsessing about how the world sees about you can like you can let that go you can give up your striving and your, your, your want to appear perfect. You can give that up because you're right with God. You can give up your bitterness and your envy that says, I have the right to whatever fill in the blank for you. You can give it up in humility and allow this more grace, this beautiful exchange to be in your life. Where there is strife, and we all have strife. Look for pride. Look for pride. Submit it to God and this beautiful exchange will start to take place in your life. And I promise you, friends, in his presence and, in, and with his peace and being given this more grace, it will transform your life day by day by day. I want you to remember something also. Wisdom isn't just a concept. I want you to think of wisdom as who he is. It's Jesus himself. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Wisdom isn't just making good decisions and people thinking that you're a smart person and you made a good investment or whatever. Like That's maybe part of it. Those are some practical ramifications of it. But wisdom, according to Scripture, is Jesus himself. And if wisdom is Jesus himself, remember that he is the prince of peace. The one who bore our strife on the cross. Friends, your trouble and your strife has already been paid for on the cross. By wisdom himself. And he invites us to take his counsel. With the well-advised, there is wisdom. Therefore, where there is strife, there is pride. Where there is peace, there is humility. And we find it all through what Jesus has already done for us. So if you're looking to set aside some pride in your life, if you're looking to have this transformation in your life. What you're looking for, friends, is Jesus to transform your life. That might be a new idea for you today. I want to invite you that if you are hearing my words today and saying, I maybe don't understand everything you said, but I definitely understand what you mean when you say strife and trouble. (laughs) And I would love to know how Jesus can help me. I would love to have that conversation with you. Maybe you're... You want to make a decision to, like, I want. I do want to follow Jesus like this. I always want to remind you that these conversations uh, to be had, you always, always welcome to reach out to us and say, hey, I want to talk a little bit more about Jesus. Um, if you're off campus with us, uh, you always, and you can do this in-house too because sometimes it's a little easier to have that kind of that middle buffer. You can go to our website, freedomkw.com slash life. There's a little form you can fill out to contact us and say, I would like to learn a little bit more and uh, figure out a little bit more about this life in Jesus. Always available. We'd be so glad to have that conversation with you. It would be so great to introduce you to this Jesus who is literal wisdom, created the foundations of the earth through wisdom, who knows you and is calling you to know him. Lisa, would you come and, and lead, uh, Lord, I need you. There you are. It's just something to think about in inviting the Holy Spirit this morning to even start in your own way, however that sounds to you. I read you a little bit of what I might pray. What does that prayer sound like to you? What are the things in your life that you could say, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm not at peace in this situation or just in general in my life. I want to find peace. I don't know how to walk in peace. So I'm going to start by just opening my heart, my mind, my spirit, and saying, Holy Spirit, show me where you want to speak and what you want to do. I want to invite you actually just to stay seated as Talitha sings this prayer. If you want to write some stuff down or you're thinking things through, but I just want to invite you to pray, Holy Spirit, I know this might be uncomfortable, but I want you more than whatever I'm holding on to, so show me what it is you want to show me so that I can participate in in this thing that you've taught me from the scriptures, that I would know you, Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, humbly surrendering all things to you, humbling myself under the mighty hand of God and being lifted up by you. Let's just be quiet in this moment and invite him to speak into our heart.